Mason. Yes, sir. You want to hear a story? Depends. Is it funny? Mm, it's funny to me. Okay. So, friend of mine uh, asked me and Joe and then our friend Bobby to come work on a house. This was earlier in the summer. And he was saying that um, they had some, they were expanding the master closet and master bedroom by kind of deleting uh, one room to add it to the master closet. Um, and then where the existing closet was, they got rid of it to expand the master bedroom square footage, some other stuff that was going on there. So we came to look at this house and he told me, he's like, hey, I just want to let you know that whoever did the work before us, this was a true flip. And so here's what we started to realize. When the people had gone through and put like the new flooring in and new baseboard in um, before we had gotten there, instead of yanking the old baseboard off, putting the new baseboard on, they took their larger baseboard, shoved it on top of the new one at an angle, just nailed it on, cocked it to the wall. So now we're being asked to like, since wall configuration is changing, we've got to tie stuff in, but now we're having to be like, all right, it's at an angle. Some of the old baseboard is still there. So cut stuff off, do stuff like that. The other thing was since um, door locations were changing, we had to install interior doors. These were not two by four walls though. These were two by three walls. And your typical doors are four and a half inches wide because they take into consideration three and a half inches of wood, half inch of drywall on each side, four and a half. Well, now we're in it shorter. So we had to take all uh, we had to take the doors outside, snap lines on these doors with a chalk line, then take a circular saw and cut an inch all the way around the perimeter of the frame of the door just to be able to install it correctly. The whole thing, like there was other stuff we got into with this house, like they wanted a custom uh, closet done and pe a lot of it was just piecing back stuff that was like, hey, can you make this match because it's a shit show with what we have <laughs> existing. And did yeah. you make it work? Yeah, it was hilarious, but we did it. So. Stupid fix and flippers. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was one of those things too where the lady would, uh, we, we told her, like, hey, like, we have a tendency to work late. And she's like, okay, that's fine. We're like, no, no, no. Like, we'll leave at like 8 p.m. sometimes. She's like, that's okay. And we're just like, wanted to be up front with you. So, <laughs> it's hilarious. Enjoyed it. Yeah, nothing like people getting into night clothes while we're still working. Can you stop running power tools soon? <laughs> That'd be a pretty sight. Yeah. No, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, for us, it's Black Friday. What'd you guys do Thanksgiving? Nothing. Well, I mean, we had Thanksgiving over at the house. My wife cooked. My dad was over. My sister brought the baby over, which was nice. And then I attempted to clean out the disaster of a garage to get to the old Christmas decorations. But you guys just said, screw it. We're not even through the day, and we're going to start throwing them up. No, we. I had to clean out the garage before we could get to them. <laughs> it was a disaster. I got to them, so now all the boxes are out. Now we eventually will hang up everything. Nothing special. Hopefully you get to your new house before then, right? Yeah. Take yeah. it all straight from the garage to the new house. Yeah, no, this is like stuff from when I used to grow up. This is not even our stuff. All our stuff's packed up still at the pod unit. So it's fun. It's fun stuff. Nice. I recommend living with your uh, your dad with your wife and two kids. It's awesome. Yeah, we did some fishing, and uh, instead Where? of catching anything, oh, at the go park. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not the best, but not the worst. I guess they restocked some rainbow trap there, but I did caught none of it. Actually, I got rid of all of the line off my reel and had to tie in early because I had a really bad bird's nest, and then I cast it into some weeds. <laughs> so I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get to drink an entire water bottle. Did you, lose, did you lose a lure? Uh, I lost uh, a bobber and the hook with some catfish bait on it. Oh, and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. I'm a spinner guy. Can't do bait casters, so uh, no expensive lures for me yet. Joe, I hate to throw off your little 
laptop situation, but you might want to pull the microphone a little closer. Oh, okay, hold on. Yeah, don't worry. We're going to get this straightened out. <laughs> Scott, what'd you do? Uh, just normal Thanksgiving stuff. Um, 10.35, so. Getting old. That's kind of what I figured out here soon. You're 35 now? 35, dude. Oh, 35. yeah, happy birthday, dude. I'm on my calendar. Wait, happy text you. I don't know why. Yesterday. Yesterday. On Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was really about it. Just uh, hung out with the family, celebrated birthday, and yeah, we're gonna get Christmas stuff going too. We just bought a new stupid tree. What'd you get for your birthday? Um, a bottle of this. You notice how this one's already almost gone, but <laughs> I got this, and then some wine, and then a couple other things. So, let's hear about the tree. though. real or fake? It's fake. All right. Definitely fake. Um, pre-lit. Pre-lit. It's told me has, to go. Has the the snow on it. You know, <laughs> the white one, the white snow on it. So, time for a new tree. We're getting a real tree this year because our tree is packed away. That's going to be messy. Yeah, kids have never done it before, so it'll be nice. Although I did convince them that we have to go up north and chop it down ourselves. Nice. Dude, so I, they're had, excited. I had two fake trees before, and my dog pissed on both of them. Okay, so <laughs> real, I didn't want to try trees? and get a real tree. No, they're fake. Oh. Okay, the fake tree, so I didn't want to try and get a real one because I know what's going to happen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty good fake trees, then. Yeah, <laughs> something was on them that he liked. So. Yeah. The review yeah. is there, man. It's in. Yeah. I hate the people who are snobs for real trees. We're like, it's real trees or nothing. It's like, you know what's really nice? It's when I go to set up my tree and it's pre-lit and it's fake. I go, here's one, two, three, done. We're going to throw ornaments on it, make some hot cocoa, and we're we're set. That's it. Wait, how do you guys put lights on your trees? Pre-lit. pre-lit. Well, I mean, yeah, pre-lit <laughs> trees, but when you have to hang lights on, like, how are you going to hang your lights? Oh, oh just wrap them around? Old school status? Yeah, they go top to bottom. Walk oh. around the tree and go top to bottom. It's easier to get it on that way. Like vertical? Yeah, vertical. Really? Nah. Yeah. Well, that sounds way easier. Nah. That is way Wrap easier. Them, no, can't. It's bad. <laughs> it takes forever. It doesn't look as good. you got to try vertical. Okay, well, you can come over and help. I will. Slash do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this right now. Whoever's a 12-foot ladder needs to come up to my house because I definitely have to put lights up, and I'm not looking forward to getting my butt up there oh. on the outside. Do we have any drop fatties? <laughs> <laughs> we might, dude. We might. I keep seeing all these signs in the neighborhoods like, hey, hire us to uh, come do your Christmas lights. I'm like, dear God, I don't want to spend any more money. But yeah. that, is, well, that is, and then we'll do it pro bono. Pro bono? Just put it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. it works. Yeah. When, once we get our 12-foot ladder. So. <laughs> no, we'll just stack up to, uh, six footers, dude. No yeah. yeah, just duct tape them together. <laughs> I, I've got the OSHA handbook, and that was, that was in there. As long as I you wrap I've... the duct tape twice, yeah. you're good. I've got a 10-foot ladder. Dude, I got one of those. I still can't get my ass up there. Dude, I'm already scared as it is. I have a busted Achilles. Do you think I want to get my 200-pound butt up on the ladder and try and... Oh, how long, how long are we going to play that Achilles card? As long as I can. Just I still better, bro. God, jeez. Dude, my leg. Yeah. That's why I didn't do so hot on uh, Thanksgiving for football. I hit a turkey ball. No, when we played for the office. That's oh, I thought you had your own separate turkey bowl. No, I didn't go. Because like everybody else did. Dude, I didn't do anything. No, I slept in. Yeah. Raise your hand if you won the turkey bowl. Ha <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, ha. It's a slice of humble pie. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I can't even say anything. I suck. So it's all good. It's my Achilles, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I could have run. It was fun, though. Yeah, it was fun. Definitely. How about you? Uh, we usually go down to Tucson. We've got an aunt and uncle down there, so we see all the cousins. And then we've got some other family that's uh, in Phoenix. So basically we all migrate down there for the day. Um, and we do kind of the staple that we do is called the talent show. And this started when we were very young, as far as like probably like four and five for me. Um, and it started out as like real talent, like, okay, what can the little kids do? And like it turned into like playing a piano piece or a memorization thing, but basically... As we became adults, it has turned into the embarrassment show. So we try and think of like the stupidest things, and we go perform them in front of all of our family while everyone records, and it goes up on Facebook the next day. So this is recorded on video, right? Uh, yeah. Let's show so us. So we're gonna be able to see. This yeah, let's see what it is. Show us. I don't have it today. Uh, other people were recording it, so I don't have it now. No, but won't you just like show us a little piece of it right now? No, mine was with a group, so. Just, just hit up his girlfriend. She'll show it to us here later. She's, she's in Michigan. So. I've got... I've got a text message. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 
Well, she wasn't there, she just had a video. Yeah. But she knows how to get a hold of it, I bet. I'll just send you guys the link. <laughs> I want okay. the people to see it. We'll just put, like, drop it at the end of the... There you go, yeah. Watch till the end of the episode. <laughs> I just want a thumbnail of you in your underwear getting yelled at or something from, like, a weird <laughs> talent show thing. <laughs> well, okay, so you guys know who Burt Kreisler is, the comedian who does all the stand-up shirtless? Yeah, the uh, yeah. two bears in a cave? Yeah, yep. yeah. The machine? Yeah. <laughs> Scott, would, Scott would know if he saw him. Okay. Um, but he had a promo for his tour that he did, like, a year or two ago where he's dancing to a Post Malone song. And he rips off like tearaway pants at the end. It's just him and a speedo, and he's like overweight, like two forty to two sixty, like about my height. So, you know, not like something flattering. Um, so, but basically, last year my dad and I memorized like the dance that he did, and we had tearaway pants. So in front of the family, oh, dear God, yeah, like we go hard <laughs> in the paint. <laughs> uh, that's the next thumbnail. <laughs> Just a screenshot of that one right there. Yeah. Yeah. Where are the pants? Uh, I think they got torn, so I probably threw them away. Damn. But how'd you, how'd you tear breakaway pants? I forget what it was. I had... Don't they typically just have, like, the buttons on them? Yeah. Yeah, but it, like, if they're snapped together real good, then I, like, uh, grabbed the... Material. Yeah. Were, let me guess. You were too aggressive. No, that's that's <laughs> never that's never something I do. I'm the most peaceable person that you know. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good word. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Anything we're doing this weekend? Uh, just putting up the tree. All the Christmas stuff. Starting to get it all lined up, and then um, yeah, that's really about it. Yeah, this to. is this is the weekend of getting ready for Christmas. This is when you're allowed to get ready for Christmas. Yeah, per HOA. No, just per. No, my human. HOA, you can't put anything up after November twentieth. No, because you live in that bougie area. Before so November twentieth, you can't do it till after November twentieth. You can't yeah. do any type of decorations up. Yeah. Okay. Well, when do you have to take down your Halloween decorations? I don't have to do Halloween decorations up. Well, just me in general, because. No. All right. That would be hilarious if they've got, like, you can only have Halloween from October 1st to November 5th, and then you're allowed to do November 20th to, to January 1st for Christmas. They'll probably sure do some type of... Because, I mean, I, we go trick-or-treating in the meadows, mm-hmm. and it's, they've got it Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, ad- don't admit that you go to another neighborhood on camera. Like, don't talk about my neighborhood being bougie, and then you want yeah, to go yeah. trick-or-treat. Full-size candy bars? What are we talking about here? Well, that's where my friends, all their kids King are. King-size. King-size candy bars. <laughs> They also have some of the parents have uh, margarita making stations too. You can for the adults. That. I believe that. That's why you should go there. <laughs> yeah, the shooters for the adults. He <laughs> <laughs> did. We were passing out fireball shooters. Yeah, <laughs> one the ones from Sunday only to the adults. Yeah, we were IDing people. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a liquor license too. <laughs> it, was, it was a donation. Okay, it's a nonprofit. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm making, uh, my family's got this uh, recipe for bread that we've had for, I'm the fifth generation that's been doing it. And so my brother now has a kid, so she'll be the sixth, but we do it like every year. What kind of bread? Good. Good. <laughs> Technically it's like an, I think it's an Eastern European recipe because we make it from scratch. Um, and I forget the official name of it. It's like pashmina bread or something like that. So, but it's got like a bunch of ground up walnuts um, as the walnut sugar, I think some egg as like the filling. And so like you roll everything out, um, spread the filling on the dough, roll everything up kind of like a long cinnamon roll, um, throw it in the oven and then, yeah, bake it, take it out. It's, Why did you never brought any to the office? Um, probably because we weren't as good of friends when we made it last time. That's, That's good true. Bread. You yeah. didn't really have any friends back then either. Well, how many years have you got? I'm sorry. Oh, I was about to say he knows exactly what it tastes like. Yeah, it's good bread. <laughs> <laughs> so he's had at least one. It makes you feel any better? I didn't get one either. So yeah, it's all good, Mason. Yeah. Your family stuff. I want to finish my turbo. I want to get that done already. 
keep saying to myself, I'm going to finish it. I just Turbo kit for what? My Miata. Your Miata? You going through a midlife crisis? No, I've had, oh. this is my eighth Miata. Really? <laughs> yeah. So he's on his eighth midlife crisis. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's time for the Corvette. Yeah, the Corvette needs to come. I need to get the Turbo kit done so I can sell it for more than the Corvette's worth and then buy a Corvette. There you go. <laughs> Inflation's crazy. I bought that car for four thousand dollars, and it's probably worth about twelve or fifteen when I get the turbo kit done. Dang! <laughs> How much is the turbo kit? The turbo kit was only I think they're like four grand new. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't buy it new, thankfully. Offer up? No wait. Facebook Marketplace. I was yeah. about to say that. <laughs> I was like, what car? What car did you steal it off of? Nah, no ones that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we celebrate the heavy hitters on the job site and in the office. Today, I'm joined by Mason Oxendale. What are we drinking? Um, whatever Scott has with uh, Diet Coke. Joseph Morris, who's drinking a Taco Bell Baja Blast. Scott Curtis, who's drinking... We have uh, Dr. Pepper and DiSorono. Nice. So... Uh, Mason, Scott are our realtor representatives. Joe and I represent the construction industry. And, well, let's get into it. So Wait, the people want to know what you're drinking. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just forget. The best chocolate milk there is, Shamrock. The whole milk, don't get that shitty 1% skim bullshit. I don't feel strongly about that. Um, yeah, anyways... <clears throat> Uh, something that we had planned on talking about was kind of wages that we're seeing. Uh, we'll kind of focus in on our state, Arizona. Uh, we'll take a look at what that looks like for... Nice. Uh, <laughs> Mason's throwing things up for the people on audio. Mason's throwing things up in uh, our notes right now. Um, wages to qualify for a house that we're seeing and then uh, some of the wages in the trades just because uh, for Joe and I we're, we run into a lot of people where they are super short on manpower to where they'll hire people and then fire them the first day on the job because you know drinking and working is a real thing I thought they go hand in hand you just you have to be good enough not to get caught <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair yeah. you'll find a lot of empties on job sites it's just all about who you didn't see drinking it <laughs> yeah so, all right, let's do the little statistics game, and then we'll go into opinions. Stop me whenever you want to. Um, trying to find median household income for a state is not easy because you've got some people who are saying that Arizona's median household income is 61000 so people are saying it's 97000 and basically everything in between. So... Uh, the mid-range of that is right around seventy-nine to 80000 um, So I feel like that's a fair number, especially like the median incomes for Arizona has typically been thought of as lower, but especially in the last two years with a lot of businesses coming out here, we've seen a lot more uh, six-figure jobs coming here, which has really helped out with the median income. Um, and then jumping into what that would look like for qualification on a house, this is kind of more of a rule of thumb. We're not lenders, so we can't tell you what we, you qualify for. But if you're, uh, let's see, you're going to take your $79,000 a year, divide that by 12, you get $6,590 a month. Uh, multiply that by 0.45. That's going to be... This is before taxes too, by the way. Yes. Um, that's going to be uh, the max that usually they're going to let you borrow on your debt to income ratio that brings you to about $2,963 um, per month and like Mason said that's pre-tax so there's a lot of stipulations and some gray areas so that's where we always say talk to a lender they're going to give you what you actually qualify for because this also doesn't factor in any debts that you have uh, currently um, a lot of other factors yeah so but basically this gives you a rough idea um, if you were to buy a $400,000 house right now, 5% down, uh, with no concessions, no buy-downs, you're going to be looking pretty close to right in that range. So 400000 Yep. That's about right. Yeah. Thoughts? Is that with today's 
Six, seven percent interest rate? I think it was the six point one two five or whatever. Okay. Yeah. I pulled it off uh, Zillow the other day on their calculator that they had, and the uh, percentage for the interest rate was like 6.125, and I was like, that was right based off of what we looked at. Oh, yeah, we forgot to do our little stats sheet, but whatever. Thoughts? What are you seeing when you're talking to your clients as far as things of that nature? The biggest thing is trying to figure out with these higher interest rates if your clients can actually afford a house. Because we're gonna go over a couple of different houses here in a minute and show you what a $200,000 house looks like. Because they just don't exist in Arizona anymore. So depending on the client's budget and stuff is actually really gonna depend on if they can even afford a house right now. And to that point, even it's the interest rates with it jumping a lot that's screwed up a lot of that monthly payment that people go off of. Because the rule of thumb that I go off of is for every to keep your monthly payment the same for every one percent uh, interest rate you go up, you have to lower the purchase price by thirty thousand dollars, and we're about right around three percent higher than we were a year ago. Yeah, I just use the uh, calculator that. Heidi got us. It makes it easier. Yeah. Well, do you do you want to share that calculator here? I don't have it with me right now. Then we're going to use the rule of thumbs. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Scott, thoughts? No, I agree with Mason. It's pretty much just, you know, are people's budget going to be, you know, where they're at? Sorry, let me take that back. Is their budget going to work with the type of houses that are out there at those price points with the interest rates that are currently happening? So a lot of clients that I'm seeing, they're they're waiting until next year. Just end the story. You know, because holidays are around the corner, they're anticipating rates going, you know, down from everything they're hearing about. And then uh, I just I don't think a lot of people are educated too at the end of the day. You know, that's yeah. where us as realtors need to come in place and kind of just let them know what's going on, what type of programs there are. You know, the two one buy down is pretty awesome that a lot of people don't know about and I think if they actually reach out to lenders, they actually would be quite surprised on what they can and can't can't and can't afford. Exactly so. too. I mean, houses are only getting more expensive too. So, if it's not if their your mortgage payment is not going to be where you desire it to be, it's higher than what it is. It's almost worth still buying it and then just maybe doing like what Scott talked about a two one buy down or doing a two year arm to get that interest rate down a little bit make it more affordable and then just refinance when the interest rates go there's a thousand different ways to make it work but again it still depends on what your client's budget is if it's even going to be possible all right can you talk to us about a little bit what a 2-1 buy down is kind of in rough terms and then as far as the adjustable uh interest rate with what you guys are talking about because i know that for myself and then a lot of people they watch like it work they hear anything about 2008 it was armageddon because of adjustable rate mortgages so basically there a lot of people are hearing you're just selling the same thing again yeah that could so. be a whole nother podcast though with the whole 2008 versus today what's going on with the different they're just they're different loans right now the arm loans is just it means an adjustable rate mortgage so if you get a two-year arm your mortgage rate for the first two years are going to be less and then after the two years it's going to be at whatever that market rate is but that's also within constraints right so like we can't shoot the interest rate to the moon and expect that oh these people are going to pay the interest rate to the moon there's guide or guardrails on all of this right exactly and that's why when you talk to your local lender they're going to tell you exactly what your interest rate is going to be for the first two years and what it's going to be when it's over after that two years so i mean it's the scariest thing for most clients. They, for some reason, they get scared and don't want to talk to a lender about their finances and fight. Almost like they're scared of what they can, what they can and can't afford. But like, they're there to help you. Like, they're not going to put you in anything that you don't like, that you don't understand or you you can't afford. They're going to find the best possible solution to get you into the home. A and, good lender, anyways, right? Oh yeah, yeah. good <laughs> local lender. Yeah, they're not gonna car salesman you. They're like, you can afford this. You know, then you're like, why did I get a four hundred dollar a month payment? Yeah, just don't go online to find a lender. Just ask your realtor. And by your realtor, you mean Mason or Scott, right? Yes, Mason Oxendale or Scott Curtis. 
With what reality group? <laughs> reality one. There you go, buddy. Because yeah. Yeah. I think part of the big thing that people should remember, at least from the lenders that we've talked with, they're telling us that they're encouraging people even to go the adjustable rate mortgage route because to your point, as far as if we're looking to say, depending on the household income, if they're going to be fighting that top end or dealing with that top end just to be able to get into a single family home, it's like, hey, if we can buy down that interest rate, even if it's for a shorter period of time, so that that's more affordable, the expectation, at least from what we're being told from a lot of people, is that that interest rate is going to come down in the next, like, the very optimistic is couple years. A lot of people are saying within the next probably two quarters, three quarters, stuff like that. So the idea would be buy that down, refi out of it into a 30-year fixed. So it's not even a permanent solution in regards to that adjustable rate mortgage and all that stuff. Correct. No. So... Which, I don't know, it's, I like seeing that our wages are going up in Arizona. The other side of that coin, though, is where Joe and I get to look at some of, like, the construction wages that we're seeing and how many people are having issues hiring people within the trades. Because I pulled the statistic that there's 450,000 construction jobs open right now across the U.S., yeah. So wow. when people talk about like, oh, like if there's people who are unemployed, it's like, we've got jobs for you, but they are shitty and they're not going to pay well. Joe and I were talking on Wednesday and he was telling me, he's like, why would anyone, like when you look at construction, why would anyone do it when you've got all the options available? Yeah. Walmart, 18 bucks an hour. It was it 17 you said? You yes, 17. Yeah. Walmart pays 17 an hour? Walmart pays 17 an hour. I think McDonald's is up in the 16, 17 range now. Uh, that's for local Arizona yeah 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 but yeah. so Walmart that's pulled off of their website the argument is that some people get in, get paid even higher into like the 20 range depending on a couple of things uh, management mostly but they don't let them get a full 40 hours now I mm -hmm. think that's kind of maybe not the truest thing because yeah, you go to a lot of these places they're pretty heavily understaffed you know yeah do you wonder why the uh, Arizona education sucks because I mean, they, these people are getting paid more than my wife, and she's a teacher. Right. So, like, and... <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm not, like, when I was in high school, I was working at QT. I think I made more than my economics teacher. <laughs> and yeah. I was an assistant manager. That's yeah. <laughs> no. uh, nuts. Which I feel like sucks because we look around and you hear a lot of talking heads on, um, if it's in politics or on TV or whatever, <clears throat> and they're going to tell you that, oh, we need to raise the minimum wage. Like, it's... For Arizona right now, it's at $12 an hour. It needs to go up to 15 and it needs to be that way across the whole country. And it's like, look, that's not the issue. Someone working at McDonald's flipping burgers does not need to be making $75,000 a year to be able to qualify for a house. That is a teenager's job. The problem that we really have is the wages for people who have jobs that contribute to society. The jobs, like, if it's in construction, no matter what you look at, it's like if you're doing windows and doors, if you're working um, framing, finished carpentry, plumbing, whatever it is, as the employee, if your average uh, wage, let's see, where is it? Uh, I had it on there. It's like $40,000 a, uh, a year. It's like... That was page three, was it? Say again? Was the notes page three? Yeah. Um, this should be the page three. But... Um, if it's $40,000 a year and you know that basically you're looking at a $6,000 difference just by working at Walmart, do you really want to go put your body through the ringer to be able to do that? When in reality, it's you've got someone going, hello, welcome to Walmart. And obviously, yes, it's nice to be greeted, whatever, but it's a whole lot different when you're 12 foot up on a ladder going... It's a little windy today, boys. So yeah, hanging Christmas lights. Yeah, but then also like like, like even looking at yeah, um, looking at teachers, right? Like we, everyone says they care about teachers and education, and all that stuff, and it's like all right, but when you look at how much they get paid, it's dog shit, especially here in Arizona. I think we're forty eighth out of fifty for the states, if not lower. Especially for a state with an income tax too, because you look at Washington with a much better education system, they don't have income tax. Like where are they getting the money to pay their teachers? Versus what we, you know, pay in taxes here just to see teachers not get paid anywhere near that amount. Yeah. 
So, I, I don't know. I feel like the teachers one, that's a huge, that's a lot of fuckery within the government as far as here's money and then it gets reallocated to different areas and it's like, you motherfuckers. Like, that was supposed to be for the teachers. Yeah. But, like, I think in the end it's not the minimum wage that needs to be taken care of it's the people who actually make a difference in <clears throat> our society and that's the like that's the teachers that's people who have a real job that they're not just doing something where it's like hey i'd rather not flip my own burger tonight so you're trying to get your your wages a little higher with this podcast today huh yeah so <laughs> shamrock farms if you want to sponsor us yes <laughs> save he me. loves your milk It'll save chocolate me milk. a lot of money on your chocolate milk for the amount of volume that I go through. Yes. I saw this on, uh, this is a little off the rails a little bit. I believe it was on like TikTok or Instagram <laughs> where a guy got arrested and put in jail because he dressed up like a cow. Yeah. And got quote unquote <laughs> milked during a cow competition. What? <laughs> I'll send it to you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was not like a costume either. <laughs> well, you're talking about how he loves chocolate milk, so figured it went hand in hand. So you think he wants to dress up like a cow? Yeah. Okay. We're suggesting we know a good way to get milked is all. <laughs> or sponsored. <laughs> Yeah, not with this conversation. Yeah, Shamrock, Lisa. <laughs> they don't. Shamrock doesn't milk anyone that dresses up. So they, uh. <clears throat> they use real cows only, guys. Good. That's co- a good company right there. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to their facility off the I-17. I've never seen a person there dressed up as a cow. <laughs> or they just did a really good job. <laughs> um, all right. Uh. Saw this headline today. Investor purchasing is down 30% in the U.S. uh, and it's close to 50% in Arizona. This is an annual comparison from where we are, I think, in um, from third quarter of this year to third quarter of last year. Thoughts, surprises, basically what we thought it was. Well, does investors that you kept including all like the iBuyers and stuff like that? Yep. Incorporated in them? Yep. Yeah. That's expected, honestly. They shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they went <coughs> they went hard in the paint with buying houses over the last couple of years. Redfin took a big hit on that, I think. I don't think they're even buying houses anymore. Zillow did too. Yeah. <laughs> Zillow went out of business after I sold my house to them. <laughs> Killed them. Yeah. Literally on did. On the one sale. <laughs> no, 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 that was Mason to open door. And no, that was an I open door. I can't believe he did that. That was, that was what? That was like the last house that Zillow ever bought in Arizona. Oh, it was the Zillow then. Yeah. Oh, you and I both then. Okay. I thought you were open door. I thought you were open door too. You guys no. literally shut no, no, Zillow down. Open door I, I did. I did. Literally, like three weeks no, after we closed, like, they declared bankruptcy. I was like, damn. Oh, yeah. You got it back good. Yeah. Yeah. No, my house that we I sold my house to open door because they're a bunch of idiots. Right. Yeah. But I sold. <laughs> I sold. Yeah, I sold the client's house to Zillow for like hundred grand over what investors were offering them. That one, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That was ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Listen, yeah, I'm right. saying they're gonna give you stupid money. You take stupid money and run. You exactly. Just go. Don't even blink twice. Yeah. Which the shitty thing for them is, I went through and did a search of what is available on the MLS from two of the i buyers that are left, and they have 10% of the active inventory right now. of those homes have been on the market for 100 days or more. The big question is, I don't even think that's all of their inventory either. Probably not. They're holding on to some. Yeah. Which I know that uh, Open Door, their stock price was, that has dropped like 90% in the last year too, just because they took such a hit on everything. Yeah. Did you invest in Open Door? No, I am a partial owner because I wanted to see what was going on behind the scenes if I could, so. Okay. I'm, I own a share. You own a share, okay. Yep. How red is that share? Hypothetically. (laughs) Very. (laughs) I think I bought it at seven and we're at two. Oh. Yeah, so, I don't know. 
which the crazy thing is I wanted to know like, all right, is 60% a lot for right now in terms of 100 days on market? Because we know everything slowed down a lot. And if you were to look at everything cumulatively, it's 29% of what's available has been on the market for 100 days or more. But if you were to remove those homes, it's like 22%. So it's almost triple the rate that those investors have. Basically, that's three. That's over three months that yeah. you've got stuff just sitting. Yeah, but these iBuyers, too, they're knowingly overpricing their house just because they need to sell it there to make some money off of it. And then they just systematically lower it, lower it every couple weeks or a month. Oh, dude, if you look at some of them, you can see that pattern. It's exactly. like every two and a half weeks they drop it. Yeah, so these iBuyer homes aren't in a good marker for what normal houses can sell no, for on the market. Not at all. Yeah. No, yeah, but what, like, I think even we've seen as far as some of them, when we track them, like, hey, like, we know that we've been a part of some transactions to them, and then we watch to see, like, hey, like, are they making a good financial decision? And it seems like they're not because you've got, uh, what is it? Um, offer pad, everything over 40 days is dropping their prices by like $10,000 or more. Open door, 50 plus days, they're dropping it by 5,000 or more. And a lot of them are more heavy on that $10,000 side. There was one of them from offer pad that I saw. It was listed for a million. No, it's 1.1. Offerpad, I didn't even know they bought houses that expensive. They have one. Oh, okay. And it is now listed in like the $800,000 range. They, they're, so hopefully they bought it for below what they're trying to sell it for now, but we know that they're losing a lot of money on a lot of these deals. Mm -hmm. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of, they're, they're going away. They're not going away. They're hibernating for now. Yeah. So. If you see any open door homes on the market for over 100 days, go put in a random offer. You might get it. When you say random, you mean like extremely low? Extremely low. Extremely low. How low are we talking? Yeah. 10% under? Yeah. yeah. I'm talking 30. Like 15? 30, 30, yeah, I mean, 30 minimum. K under. I mean, oh, why, why not? Why not? Because they're going to gouge you if they try and buy your house. Fair. At yeah. the same time, I mean, they're going to respond. They're an LLC, their company. They want your money, so... Give them a thirty k under, they'll meet you halfway. Is it good enough for you? Who knows? Exactly. So, right. and we're not even in the inspection period either. So, I mean, you still get potential credits or whatever the heck's going on with that house. Because at the end of the day, you get under contract that house. Their their spuds, their disclosures are going to say we don't know anything about the house, knowing damn well they do. But we'll see. Yeah, we definitely didn't see the AC leaking through the ceiling. Even though there's a patch job, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's wet. Yeah. We just repainted it. Yeah, you can come check out the house. Just don't go in the attic. Yeah, we're working on something right now. Yeah. Which is hilarious. They'll ask for credits on things that they never fix. But, hey, good for them. That's why you just do the same thing back to them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, when they go to buy your house, you, what, you have a 2000, let's say 2020 house. Your AC unit's a year old, two years old. What are they going to do, Mason? Yeah. What are they going to do? Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, that's a $6,000 credit for a new yeah, AC. Yeah, it's half the price of the damn unit to begin with. It's yeah. like, it's brand new, dude. It still has its warranty. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry. We're going to sell you a home warranty with it just in case. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which, thing to remember, too, for if you're buying a home, uh, the seller is the one who puts up the money for the commission. So contact a realtor. Don't feel like just because we said you might be able to go in and offer thirty grand below and they're going to incentivize you to, hey, just buy through our program, talk to someone first. Yeah, I'll go as low as you want. We'll lowball them. <laughs> it's all scenario-based, pal. <laughs> yeah. Here. Is there a limit to how many offers you can put on to a house as a realtor when it comes right down to it? You can't what be you under mean? contract with two homes at the same time. Yeah. Well, no, hypothetically speaking, like you come in, you put an offer into a house, and they say, no, you're smoking. Like. Uh, can you come back in like you know a week later? Is there like a period of time you have to wait before you put another offer no, in? No, you can do it literally yeah. hours later. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, most of the time if you're going low, you usually just do more of a go back and forth with the agent and try to get more of a oral agreement going before you write up because that's a lot of paperwork. Sounds like a pretty cool agreement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 verbal, pal. What did I say? Oral. <laughs> oral. I like that word better. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> uh, to Mason's point, like with the iBuyers, like 
if you're throwing, you can throw as many offers in at them as you want, and usually they're not going to get like. You might have a bunch of people just okay. Here's a file. Here's an offer. Do we accept it or not? And it might be an automated system too. But when you're dealing with a person, as far as if I submit an offer to Scott, going, hey, I know you've got a house listed at 1.1. Uh, we're willing to give you 700,000. And he's like, no, sorry, like my seller has said that we're not entertaining anything below. No, no, they said kick rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was trying to do the polite. Yeah, no, but I'm not. <laughs> kick rocks. Yeah. yeah. So, but then, like, you come back, 725, 750, like, at a certain point, they just get pissed at you. And it's not just him who gets pissed at you, it's the seller who gets pissed at you. So, it's, that's where it makes sense to work with someone where it's like, hey, if, if we want to lowball the shit out of them, there's a way to do it by kind of talking to the agent with a verbal offer and saying, hey, is your seller going to be insulted by this type of an offer? Because this is what we're looking at on our end. And go from there. Agreed. Alright, we want to get to our planned segment of the evening. Let's do it. I was going to say that's a lot of enthusiasm, boys. Oh, yeah. Alright. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right here with this house, right from picture oh, one. Look, it has ceiling fans. It's plural. It's multiple. <laughs> Alright, so um, I think we mentioned it earlier as far as Arizona for a long time has been thought of as a place where you can buy a house uh, pretty inexpensively, uh, good place to buy real estate um, just because the prices are so low. And we wanted to show you an example of what a $200,000 house uh, looks like right now. And this was not pulled as a house that was um, one out of a hundred and this was the shittiest one. This was, this was what more came up. So. Um, we're going to just go through this one really quickly <clears throat> and then we've got another one for you guys that we'll dive into a little bit more. But, um, as always, Mason and Scott, they're going to give us their real realtor's eye analysis on this. Um, if the listing agent was one of their friends, what would they possibly say? Like, Hey, here's something you might be able to do or, um, adjust things of that nature. Uh, how they would want to approach talking with a client in a similar situation to this person and go from there. So positives, negatives, and obviously this is a rough house, so we'll go from there. Uh, exterior is pretty rough. Uh, actually, for all the people listening, uh, we'll have Joe and I go through, kind of do what we see on the outside with uh, finishes so we can kind of get a good description of what's going on in there, and then we'll have you guys follow up with what you're looking at. So Joe, uh, let's go through this quickly so we're not burning too much time. What Describe to the people what we're looking at. It's rough. Um, the River Rocks are a cool addition. I hope they let uh, those stay. <laughs> <laughs> I do see the AC unit in the top left corner of the house there, right next to that French door set. That's kind of interesting. Can you see down there in the right-hand side for the description? See remarks. I think that's the only AC unit in the house, potentially. They've got a roof pack. They've got some kind of roof package on top. That could be a swamp cooler. Yeah, I think that very well could be a swamp cooler, if anything. Um, just a really, really weird block set window in the front. Just kind of interesting. You know, 40s built, so... You're going to see some stuff. Interior kind of distressed flooring. I don't know if there's a flooring in a couple of those rooms. Um, and if that is, I don't know what the, what kind of flooring. So that the photo with the ceiling fan on the left there, mm -hmm. I don't know what that what that is on the ground there. It doesn't look like flooring. But there's baseboard. That's a surprise. Um, there's that AC unit again, so we're looking at the uh, inside of that room. I think they're doing a lot of mini splits in this house. Yeah. Looks like the cabinets are... In there relatively well. Uh, top right corner, you can kind of see that uh, finish coming off where that brick is. Kind of interesting. I feel like that's decorative, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Or an attempt to be decorative. Yeah. They got photos of the street to let you know exactly where it is. That's cool. There's a corner missing off of the vanity. I don't know if that means that the door needs to swing right there. Yeah. Or... That weird block window. Is the bathroom okay? Interesting. Yep. 700 square feet. Not a lot to see here. Not a lot of terrible. Not a lot of great. Uh, just an old house. I feel like the interior actually looks a little better than the outside portrays it because stucco looks a little rough, windows yeah. look old, obviously you've got the wall units. Gentlemen, how are you, uh, someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm the neighbor, I want to sell the house, you guys are the ones to do it, it's basically identical to this one, what are you telling them? Hit them, Mason. Um, well, first of all, 
you want to look and see what other houses look like in this area because they're not all going to look the same because they're not there's no HOA and all that kind of stuff. So, a I doubt that their house looks similar to this. This seems like one of a kind, a sore thumb in the neighborhood. Um, Basically, I'm trying to say if you're the listing agent without trying to tell the other listing agent how to yeah, do Yeah, I would try to go more off markets. I mean, Scott pointed this out earlier. It's zoned R3, which means you can put multiple dwellings on it. So this would be a great investor project to probably tear it down and put some multiple dwellings on there, rent it out, or just put something new on there because it's got, what is that, 11,000 square feet? It's got a good size yard. Yeah, quarter acre, mm -hmm. 700 internal. So, I mean, like, it almost is like this is that that's the direction I would push because. Does this one have a driveway? I don't think it has no. a driveway. No, it's think rocks. It yeah, I mean, it's already been on the market for 100 days. Like, and, and I agree with Mason. I mean, at the end of the day, you're putting an MLS to get more eyes on it, but it's, <laughs> it's hard to say that, you know, this is going to actually attract somebody um, outside of an investor or someone that has deep pockets that can go in and either tear this thing down mm -hmm. to the studs. Um, and or even add to it. I mean, at the end of the day, I would probably just rip it down to the studs and start over and do a, you know, a fourplex on it, something a little bit different because God knows what's going on here beneath, you know, the surface. Exactly. And you also just want to look at what, what are other kinds of houses in the area look like too. Because, I mean, in the area, they're going, I mean, they're going for the high threes, 400,000. Yeah, and it's so hard to tell too. Because I mean, the, the lot's attractive. Obviously, you mm -hmm. can, you have a lot of space to do whatever it is you want on there. It has the zoning, so you can do the multi dwelling. You know, if you look at the, the the landscaping and everything, I mean, there's plenty of stuff that is appealing to this property. You know, the mountain views, it's awesome. I'm trying to see like how to access this house, and it looks like a lot of back channels as far as like the driveway and how to get to and from. So I mean, that's not necessarily appealing, but I mean, it is pretty you know private for the most part so yeah. anyone's gonna be out there it's gonna be quiet be able to have your own space to do whatever it is you need to if it was a single family if it was a multi-dwelling then you know definitely someone can make some money off of three or four individuals in there yeah so, so I mean, listing agents probably just has it on the mls while she's trying to work some back channels agreed off market deals yeah and if, and if open door was still giving money yeah. for these she probably would have sold it to <laughs> <That's right. true. laughs> So weird thing I just noticed, in the right side of that first photo, you can see that big old propane tank. Do you figure that's the gas for the entire home? Is that something you guys would see a lot in that price range, especially built in the 40s where it's not hooked up to city gas? It wouldn't shock me, honestly. Yeah. I've seen a bunch to where, like even new construction homes, and you see the propane right outside, you're like, what's going on here? Oh, we just ran the gas line outside the kitchen because yeah. we want a gas stove. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it says well, it has southwest gas, but who knows what it is. It does have evaporative cooling yeah. and ceiling, so that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any concerns with someone trying to qualify for this house? Yeah. Whole lot. Yep. So do you see here, I mean, in some of the details, it says that it's VA qualified. There's no way in hell it's VA qualified. Why not? There's so much stuff going on behind it. Like, you know, with VA, there's so many restrictions as far as the condition of the home. It needs to meet certain requirements, you know, termites, all that other fun stuff. Yeah, you so. can see wires hanging. I'm not sure what it is, but that's a red flag. I'm sure there's paint peeling in here, too. You know, if I were to scroll through all these photos, but, you know, there's just so much going on to where I, there's no way in heck I can see a VA getting uh, proof for well, this VA's, property. Well, VA's led on evaporative cooling. I don't know. I don't know who would want that in Arizona, but... Yeah, but think definitely my grandma's not house FHA. had that grown up. What was that? I think my grandma's house had that grown up. The, the EVAP? Yep. Yeah. 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 But yeah, VA, FHA, there's no way this would strictly be a, a cash buyer to me or conventional loan. Conventional will definitely approve this one. If someone's FHA, VA, what are a couple things that they're looking for as far as to make sure a house is livable to, to pass that inspection? We just hit it right there. Livable conditions, yeah, right? Make sure so, it looks like it's livable. Yep. So make sure there's a roof so on. So no peeling wall. paint. For no peeling paint. That might have lead-based. Uh, that so that'd be before 1978. Floors, no wires hanging out of anywhere. Yep. Yep. Make sure there's no hole in the roof. Basically, <laughs> if it says investor, fix and flip, anything like that, move on. Yes. Yep. Gotcha. Cool. All right, that's that one. Let's get to our next one. We wanted to kind of jump to the other end of the spectrum. That one's two hundred thousand. We're gonna go just below seven figures. This house is in Scottsdale, listed at 
$999,750. We're going to say $1 million to make our lives a whole lot easier. So, Joe, same thing. Let's try and be nice where there's nice things and we'll just explain what we see. So, exterior, what do we got? Big picture windows. Really like that. That's good. Uh, tall arch right there on the walkway. Good driveway size. Two-car garage. It looks really, really good from the outside. Uh, corner house. Love it. Big old pool with a hot tub in the corner. Love that. It looks like there's plenty of room in the backyard, but it's all going to be for entertaining. It doesn't look like you're going to put a garage or any sort of storage out there. Uh, good plants. all look healthy. Uh, wood floor. It looks like solid. Good, solid front wood, uh, wood door. Stairs in the entryway. Kind of interesting, but I like that. Chandelier. Nice. Cabinets and countertops look new and good. Lighting I looks would say... Good. I wouldn't say new, because I feel like that's going to be... You can kind of look at kitchens sometimes and see the cabinetry that they have on there. If it's the, um, what is that, more of that um, golden type of wood look to it, that's going to be your 90s into early 2000s. This kind of says more... Yeah, about 1990s, so I believe that. 100%. Yeah, this is more your, let's say, earlier 2000s uh, stone countertop. Yeah, stone floor in the kitchen, I think that's a little bit of a... Uh Eyesore pulling away from the hardwood and looks like they've got a little bit of a threshold there. Uh, it's my, the only thing I don't like about this thing as far as I can tell so far. What do you think of... Uh, Glass block sets, those are kind of weird, but not a problem necessarily. Which, in the, the nice part about those being in a bathroom is it allows a lot of natural light in without allowing any visibility. visibility. Yeah. So, garage. Yeah, inside the garage doors, that's cool. I like to see that. Um... Actually, it looks like they've got some sort of like matting down in the garage. Looks like someone uses that more for working out than parking cars. Carpet looks good. Um, Master bathroom. Yeah, it looks nice. It's got the Jack and Jill counters, so that's good. Got the two sinks. Walk-in shower, glass surround. Yeah, it looks like we're in the attic in that top right photo up there. Um, no, that's the closet. That's oh, the master closet. Dang. All right. Oh, there we go. Aerial shot. That's basically it. So. Love it. Um, pretty nice, I'd say, as far as the thing that stands out in terms of finishes are going to be the bathrooms. You've got both bathrooms that are being featured, look very recently updated, uh, walk-in showers, glass doors, master bathroom has that glass surround, which I would say is typical for something uh, in this price range and holds it there. All right, realtor side, what are we looking at? Go ahead, Scott. I mean... The, the house is beautiful, right? I mean, I, I, I look at it, I'm like, all right, cool. This house is gorgeous. It has, you know, some nice vintages. The back, the backyard is great, you know, with the pool and the, and the, the landscaping. The, the corner lot's awesome as well. I think for me, the biggest thing is, is it worth a million dollars? I don't know. Location, I mean, yes, location always screams, you know, what the value is going to be for the house for the most part, um, in addition to the upgrades and what's kind of going on the inside. But... I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's worth a million bucks in my opinion. Yeah, I think this is like, if I were to pick this house up and put it down in, say, PV or push it over into Peoria, I just, I don't see it going for a million dollars. Yeah, the square footage is pretty small too. Yeah, it's only 2,200 square feet. Three bed, three bath. And then to me too, I mean, a million dollars, I'm looking at some of these upgrades. Granted, Joe pointed out the, the flooring. I don't think it's that nice. For a million dollars, I'm expecting a little bit more. Which, and I think to that point, as far as this house is clean. And yes, hundred, and that's why I say it, it's a beautiful right. home. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just don't think it's worth where it's currently at, and price point-wise. And I think point -wise. all of us have seen, as far as houses go, there's, there's a difference <clears throat> between having a clean house and a luxurious house. And once you're starting to break that seven figures, usually in people's minds, they're starting to cross over into that area. So we want to see a lot more of those updates. Yeah, a clean house is going to sell in the... You know anything under six seven hundred thousand, but once you get up to the six figures or seven figures, people are being picky. Like a million dollar home, there shouldn't be any transition pieces. It should be all one flooring. Yep. You know, there's too many. There's the laminate flooring to the older twelve by twelve um, tiles in the in the kitchen. I mean, luxury homes they're looking more at marble stuff like that. I yep. mean. You also have to look at comparable homes in the other neighborhood. Like I looked up another house in the neighborhood that sold three months ago for 1.1, I think it was. 
and it was way nicer, way more details. It had more character. It was, it just had way more just like upgraded features. And when you're in the luxury market, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. So as far as when we're looking at this, and I think Joe, you'd be able to kind of speak to this pretty well too. Like what are a couple things that, I know we've mentioned the flooring, that's an easy one, um, that you would go in and say, hey, if I'm gonna be running this project and we're trying to just even increase the value, whether that's for the owner who's there right now, or for if someone decided, hey, we wanna try and start flipping luxury homes, what are you doing? Because I look at this master bathroom, I probably look at that guest bathroom too and say, that's correct. What are some other areas that we could upgrade to say this this warrants a over $1 million valuation? You always wanna start in the kitchen and the master bedroom slash bathroom. I look at some of the paint around the house in particular. Uh, some of it stands out a little bit darker in some rooms where it's just on the wall. I feel like you could uh, clean some of it up, make it look a little bit nicer. The arch in the master bedroom, I believe it is, you can kind of see it in the picture of the front of the house. It looks like it was built out for a window or something at some point, and they just never got around to it. Uh, that's kind of a little off-putting for me. Uh, I was, I've always been kind of curious about something like that. And the fact that the master bedroom is directly above the garage, I think that's an interesting choice. I know that's not probably the first thing that comes to people's minds in the building garages uh, or houses in general, but a lot of chemicals in garages typically that uh, you don't want the, uh, ooh, what are we seeing there? Which I was gonna say. <coughs> multi-slide. You could do a multi-slide as far as your back door because you could tear, you could do tearing out part of the back part of the house to really do something that opens up that space with a lot of glass. And yes, it's gonna be several thousand dollars to do, but as far as the return that you would get off of doing something like that, it instantly just almost helps something jump up a tier yeah. as far as if you could even do, if you don't want to do a whole tear out and replace of window package, um, you could tear out that door and a few key other windows and really try and make a statement with things like that. Because yeah. like we said, it's you don't need to bulldoze the thing. A lot of it's mm -hmm. clean. A lot of it looks good. But it's how do we get those statement pieces in that house? The backyard yeah. in particular, though, barbecue. You actually mm -hmm. set up like a nice grilling station out there with a pizza oven, brick pizza oven for the million dollar range, right? You're yeah. going to want that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Another another small thing that people don't realize until they see it is that baseboards. Yeah, I'm not a big it, baseboard guy. If you get a three quarters inch baseboards and you upgrade them to an inch, inch and a half, it's a game changer. It makes it look so much nicer. And then if you want to go just a, a cheaper route, a step above that, you put crown molding around, like especially in like the master bedroom or something like that. Yeah. It just makes everything pop, and it's not it's not going to cost you as much as it would to like break down walls and put like crazy stuff in there. Yeah. So I guess if we were to simplify it, we'd say redo the kitchen, just modernize some of the cabinetry, the stonework. Yep. Don't backsplash. That's, back that's the perfect word you use for this whole house. Modernize, modernize it. Yeah. Baseboards, flooring, simple, just simple little things that you don't, yep. they're just, they just, everything in this house is what it was, in, what, when was it built, 1990s? Yeah. Yeah. Well, essentially, you're enhancing what this house already exactly. has at the end of the day. It has it, again, We're going back to, you know, we're not ripping the house. It, it's a beautiful home, but you want to elevate it to the next step. For that price, yeah. So get, yeah. you know, get the proper things in there, backsplash, different kinds of flooring, the the backyard especially you like there looks like there are cutouts like little areas where a barbecue would look great in there you know yeah and that's something too as far as if someone were to pick this up on our side we could definitely tell them like hey it's if we feel like the comparables in the neighborhood say it's one million dollars right now if you want to instantly jump up your home's valuation here's a couple of things that you can do and one you're going to love your new the new additions to your house and two you might not want to sell it <laughs> yeah. Alright. I feel like a multi slide in particular that would do that backyard a lot of good. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, if you go to scroll down a little bit, <clears throat> go down to like one of the backyard photos, mm -hmm. and you can see this strip essentially that's just waiting. Uh, okay, yeah. So that top left of that aerial view mm -hmm. right there, dude, you can put so many things in there. You can do a nice is, little pergola over there. Because I uh, think this is where the patio walks out to. Right. Right, so you do, you put that slider in there, and then you just you create you know what's going on right there. You yep. put your barbecue, your your pergola, do a fire pit. You can do so many nice things right there. And I mean, granted, the pool doesn't have any features or anything like that, you know, compared to some of these other million dollar homes that you would see. But 
if it had a fountain or some type of feature going on in the pool. Which, with three beds, three baths for this type of price range, you're not throwing a huge family in that pool anyways. Yeah. Right. Well, or even a slide or something, right? That'd be dope. At that point, I feel like you, you're taking like next level yeah. steps money-wise, but... Yeah. I yeah. mean, a year and a half ago, this was a million-dollar home. Why was that? Last year. Because <laughs> people were paying stupid money exactly. for stupid houses. And I just yeah. think that's, that's part of the, some of the market right now is that people are still trying to get that high dollar. No matter. I mean, this isn't a knock to any real estate agents because sometimes you just have those clients that are like, no, I want it listed here. And you're like, okay, we'll list it here. But in this amount of time, this is where it's going to, we need to drop the price down in order to sell it. So right. people have un right. unrealistic of what their houses are actually worth. Uh, and I think that's starting to temper down a little bit too. Oh, I mean, yeah. I have sellers right now that I'm working with and you know, I, I'm dreading, you know, going to them that week if we have no activity or what's going on because I mean, what what's the common theme right now? Yeah. We're seeing one, two. two, maybe four showings in a month, you know, for a house if it's priced correctly, if it looks good with photos cuz Nine times out of ten, what are other people doing? They're going to the Matterport. If they can do their virtual showing on there, then mm -hmm. they don't step foot in the house whatsoever, especially if they're out of state. So, I don't know. Yeah, try to get somebody you know in that state to walk the house, though, because this isn't re uh, recent to memory, but I uh, I went to a house, and the customer had some complaints about a smell. They were having come in. They had some weird water coming in through a couple windows, and they were like, what do we do? What do we do? Mm -hmm. Got out there, walked the house. My coworker refused to go in the house because it smelled so bad. I walk in and he's got water damage from the bottom of the windows all the way to the baseboard. And I thought I told the guy, I'm like, you probably get your family out of this house right now. And it's something they've only been living in for like two or three months. And I think they were up in the million mark in Cape Creek area. Mm. Oh, yeah. They had black mold so bad that oh, really? you couldn't physically stay in the house without a mask on to cover up the scent. And they thought they were just like smelling something funny. It was mold 100%. I was like, you are unsafe here. Like, you need to be out of here. You need to knock this place out and rebuild it. Like, well, we just moved out here from California. We just bought the house. You were telling me I need to do all the stuff. I'm like, I'm not telling you you have to do anything. You could get your stuff and, like, go to a hotel and live there and leave this house to rot for all I care. Don't be in here. This is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you, have you have children in here. And they're, oh, we, yada, yada, we waive some kind of inspection or something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those, huh? <clears throat> yeah, they wanted to get in fast. They wanted to make it quick and dirty, and they paid the price. So I think they actually had to go back and remodel the house, and I suggested they go to somebody, and I mm -hmm. recall something to the tune of two hundred to $300,000 worth of work coming back. To <laughs> really? Yeah. Because it was... Did you get a cut of that? Uh, no, I got no money at that because I just did the inspection on just what I, the problems they thought I was able to address because they thought if the water stopped coming in, the smell would go away. But yeah. I'm like, no, what you need to understand right now is you've got structural damage to wood. I can guarantee it. I'm not even going to poke hole in that drywall because if I touch what's over there and I get sick from it, I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> yeah. And I can almost guarantee that was going to happen. But like, the guy I was with at the time refused to be in the home, period. He's like, I'm not going in there. I can't stand the smell. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I had to break that news to the homeowners. And they were like, yeah, we tried to run a couple nails and they just kind of went straight through the drywall. We were wondering. <laughs> there's, something, there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, we walked away from that one. I think uh, the builder that took on the work had their hands full for a little while. Uh, we're talking like yeah. probably especially hazmat suit. Especially with mold remediation. Oh, yeah. 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 What I always say too, you know, if anyone's buying out of state, regardless if you're doing the FaceTime showings or whatnot or the virtual showings, Still fly out for your inspections yeah. and never waive your freaking inspection. Don't waive it, shorten it. Yeah, shorten it. it you, I mean, even when I was, you know, doing those deals where we were being super aggressive, did you ever waive the inspection? Never. Never, right? What did you put in there? You put, we'll take the house as is, meaning we're going to do our inspection, we're going to look at everything, and if we feel comfortable with it, we'll take it. But we're just not going to take it because we don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah, you still need your inspection. Of course. You're not going to ask for anything but yep. get your inspection done because at the end of the day i mean what's that tiny little line at the end of the binzer if you waive your inspection we're not liable because no. we're telling you don't waive your inspection okay <laughs> mm -hmm. whatever you want to do here we'll do it but just know you're taking on all this risk if things like that happen with mold or you know structural damage or whatever the heck's going on in that house yeah. so and in a normal market sellers will usually know that and kind of take care of it ahead of time but yep. The market that we were in, people didn't do anything. I even told them, like, don't do anything to your house. People are going to buy it. So, like, nobody fixed up anything. Hopefully, they didn't know about the mold and didn't not disclose it. It had to have been transparent. I mean, the <laughs> leaks were coming from the ceiling, windows. I mean, this house was a show. And whoever came in to try to fix it initially when they were flipping it, they covered up some things in a pretty interesting manner. They used painter's caulking on the exterior of the house to seal up the perimeter of the windows and some of the doors and stuff. 
and they used uh, quite a bit of caulking on a lot of places. So yes. they knew that water was coming in and they sold it in that condition because they knew somebody would come in and buy it for the money they were asking, like you guys are saying, don't fix yeah. it. And they, you know, they, they yeah. did it to them. They sold the house like that. Which, yeah. which from a seller and a listing agent standpoint, okay. Yeah, makes but sense. But from a buy agent standpoint, yeah. negligence. you know, we're, we're, we're not pros when it comes to inspection and everything, but if it's apparent, you know, you're going to work on the best behalf of your client. Say, hey, you know, there's kind of something going on here. I would recommend not doing this or putting some type of contingency in the office exactly. to ensure, like, you're getting this thing looked at. It's like, don't diagnose it. Just tell them they, they, something's wrong. Yeah, they fully got taken advantage of. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, And their buyer agent didn't represent them in the best. Or some, a lot of Californians, too, they just went with the list. They would call and ask for the listing agents. So the listing agent yeah. probably. So they can get that leg up and get the house. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we've crossed the hour mark, so we'll probably start winding this thing down. Let's do it. Sweet. All right. Anything that you want to plug? Any socials that uh, you want to drop, Mason? Nope. Just uh, follow me on Instagram. That's usually where I'm at, at Mason Oxendale. Joe? Uh, yeah. Search it there, or search it underscore there on Instagram. I don't really post anything but car stuff, but you're more than welcome to come look search at it. Search it there, like search aware, though. Yeah, search it underscore there on Instagram. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I'm not a big social media guy, which I know I need to get on top a little bit more, but uh, yeah, Instagram, S. Curtis, AZ Realtor. So, cool. feel free to follow. All right. I'm Thaddeus Claus, Sledgehammer's in the office. We're taking care of people in their houses, connecting them with real estate professionals and the construction professionals. Uh, yeah. You can follow us or follow me at Thad AZ Realty for what we're doing in real estate, at Saito Building underscore building for what we're doing in construction. Until next time, hope your hammer stays accurate, your Wi-Fi fast, and you work blessed. See everybody. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>